0: Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. Shavuos is almost here and Shavuos is a time of, um, you know, lots of different themes, Torah learning. Um, A big theme is the story of Rus who is sort of the the convert that we see from the Torah that we learn so much from. And um, a very interesting story just came our way uh, through Jew in the City. A lot of the time we don't know who we touch in this organization. Um, We can see metrics, we can see how many views we got on a certain video, we can see how many comments or likes. We usually don't know the stories behind those likes, behind those IP addresses. Um, And sometimes someone will write a message in, sometimes I'll have a speaking engagement and someone will come up to me. But I would say the vast majority of those stories are not told. So a few weeks ago, um, someone, one of our readers and fans uh, wrote in a question and we had a little conversation. And she seemed to indicate that Jew in the City had a big impact on her Jewish journey. And when she explained the impact that we'd had, I was floored. And it wasn't just the impact of our content, it was actually the impact of our community. Um, The community of Jew in the City, you know, fans and followers um, is really a beautiful community. I think we unite around uh, wonderful values. I mean, I, I made them, so you know, I like them. pretty good, but um, but um, it really draws together. I think a, a very diverse group, and um, so the story today is a story of uh, friendship and conversion. And um, I want to invite our guests, Danit Finkelstein and Cassandra Menes, onto the show so they can share a little bit about their stories. So welcome. Thank you so them. much for yeah. having us. Yeah. Um, so I want to first start with. Um, I guess we'll start with. Cassandra, I met you first, so I guess it makes sense to start with your story and then we'll find out about who you connected with. Um, So when we spoke uh, a few weeks ago, um, I guess if you could share, um, where did you come from growing up? Um, What was your Jewish story growing up? Um, And then take us through finding your way to Jew in the city.
1: So I grew up in,
0: Iowa, in a
1: very um, German area, I guess most people are Catholic or Lutheran, and we, I don't know if my great grandma knew and never said anything, but um, she did a lot of things that I thought were normal for people in our area like, um, the way she would put on shoes and she would always, you know, do things like crack eggs in a clear bowl before she cooked. And so I just thought those were normal things. And then I was always drawn to Judaism and my mom was always like, no, you can't learn about it. No, no, no. And then my, my grandma did a DNA test and it, came back that she was Jewish. And I told my mom, this is why. And so I started um, attending a synagogue, wanting to more or less learn about my roots. And it has led to more. And I looked on Facebook and found some groups. And that's how I met uh, I came across Jew in the City and met Danit.
0: Okay, and so what happened? How did you um, how did you connect with Danit on the, on the Jew in the City? I guess the first part is what attracted you to I guess the messaging at Jew in the City, and then how did you and Danit first connect on Jew in the City?
1: The messaging is it's not judgmental; it's educational and accepting. And definitely broke stereotypes that came across from when I went to school. And I really was pulled in by that and how, um, like, I don't know. I guess it's just the acceptance of people on their different areas on the journey that, that we're all on. Since we're not, like, all on the same the same we're not all in the same steps on our path
0: sure and so how did you and danit first connect
1: there was um an interesting exchange that um i i can't remember everything about it but she messaged me an article and the article really grabbed my attention and that was
0: we're that. both commenting on our facebook page and then you sort of took the conversation offline or like privately right and
1: right.
0: that was it that was the beginning and what what role has denit sort of served in your life how has she helped shape your jewish journey
1: oh my goodness more than more than she knows um I know if I have questions that I don't have to be afraid to ask her Uh. and she doesn't judge. She, she has guided me toward books that can help me grow on my own and sort of gain my, gain my own knowledge. And she has definitely answered so many questions about the whole conversion process um, that she knows firsthand and um, just different questions about holidays. And she's actually the one I asked her, I said, is it really a Jewish thing to do this? And she's like, yeah. I was like, oh, now it all makes sense.
0: You also mentioned to me when we spoke that you always got together on Saturdays at your great grandmother's house, right? You had a thing that- on Yes. The day, the day uh,
1: yes, uh, every, we would walk there every Saturday and have brunch with my extended family.
0: Hmm. Not such a typical thing to do, to walk, uh, to see family on a Saturday if you're not a Jew. Uh, (laughs) Did anyone ever admit to you that they're Jewish or no one actually came clean to say that they're actually Jewish?
1: No, nobody has admitted it. Well, my mom accepts it now, Mm
0: -hmm. but she still won't admit it. Very interesting. And so, You know, Danit, what I think is really uh, fascinating about your story is that there are organizations that are set up to match people, to learn Torah together, to sort of mentor each other. That's not one of the services that we offer here at Jew in the City. We're really more about putting out content and letting people take the next steps. I usually think that that means people will connect with their local Jewish resources, their synagogues, their, you know, different outreach organizations, but we never imagined that you know, two of our fans and followers might connect and sort of form a, you know, a partnership type of uh, situation like you two, which is amazing. So now, Danine, I'll turn uh, the questions to you. So um, I thought when um, Cassandra told me that you had mentored her, that, you know, you had grown up like this, you were a lifelong observant Jew, but you also have a fascinating story. Um, So could you share with us, you know, kind of your journey as well?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, so, to your point, I think I imagine uh, behind all those likes and shares on your Facebook page and your, um, your your website that there's a lot of stories of people connecting across uh, vast distances, uh, for the future here that we live in. Um, so, um, I think that we were able to connect through your Facebook page. And we we share similar sort of backgrounds. I feel like I'm just like happened to be five years ahead of Cassandra. Um, when I, I don't remember what article I shared with her either, um, but I remember it was bringing up a point that she had been arguing about or was questionnaires, had a question about um, and getting to know her, I saw a lot of where i had been and as you know she was like i'm in this process and i was like i've been there i know exactly what you're going through there's lots of questions um so my story is i come from south florida um davy area near hollywood and you know there's there's uh, plenty of from jews non from jews all in that area so judaism was kind of always around me in one way or another uh it's very similar to cassandra there was also these like what i call like remnants of jewishness in my family as well i didn't know it really at that time has all come out within this whole you know six or seven year process here where i'm at now over time just putting together the dots as i learned about more uh jewish culture and jewish uh and and halacha it's there's what was, what I call is remnants left in my family. Like they eat matzah on on Easter, right? But we're a Catholic family. Very weird. What are we doing? Like it's not, uh, maybe there's questions. So um, I started my journey, I think it's, I guess it's like six years now. And it took me five years to get to the mikveh. Um, and I always, I, the, I thought I was starting from a very far away, distant point from Hashem um until I met Cassandra in uh, who is also a testament that Hashem will redeem and bring people back from or with it or you know to him from wherever they are um and I was you know um you know raised Catholic went through like what is it like the seven sacraments or something like that in ccd Catholic school by the time I was uh you know Uh, I remember I was like 11 years old, I was a self-proclaimed atheist, Um, lots of ups and downs in my life. And then I was brought to, into a situation in my life where I really needed to consider what was this world all about that we live in. And um, I sat down and like heavily considered where I need to figure out, you know, I got pregnant with my daughter i needed to figure out what it is i was going to tell her about this world and i you know i, I had to have learned something and i realized i needed to figure out this whole thing about god and um he said i'm going to figure this out and had started researching reading philosophy you know going through all of those philosophers camus um you know heidegger all of that and i had started arguing it uh with or talking about it with my boyfriend at the time who was Jewish he was secular um but you know uh talking to him about what God meant and he was secular so he's not very inviting to it but he invited me to his family's uh Seder passover Seder and something happened that night whereas we were you know recounting the exodus of Egypt and going around the table and each had our own part to read from um it was, you know, something had come over me, the, you know, the, the Hebrew letters were like flames on the page. And I looked around and seen, you know, there was, there's 20 people sitting at the table recounting this story. And it was coming like alive off the page. I was like, I know this story. This is so familiar. This is, you know, it's, it's, I don't know how I know this story, but it's like, I, I know it. It's like hitting me in the heart. I left that Seder that night, not even knowing what that was all about, but like determined to figure out something about that. Something had happened. It was in relation to God. It was exactly like where I was questioning all this stuff. And so I I started reading, um, you know, I think that's when I came across Jew in the City. You know, you just type into Google, uh, you know, what is Judaism and, you know, Jewish, uh, uh, you know, my Jewish learning comes up, Jew in the City comes up. You start googling all sorts of things, like, well, you know, what does this mean? What is the idea of this? So, what is halacha? Like, what is (laughs) hala? You 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 uh, you you come across these forums, and Jew in the City was was a place that I landed often to learn about, I guess, um, you know, Jews today and like what what life is like. Um, I uh, being a Jew. I guess today, um, and that's I, I, it's brought me here. Um, you know, it took me five years to go through the conversion process. I can go into more detail um, if, you, if you, if your listeners would enjoy yeah,
0: that's, that. That's a great, uh, that's a great intro. I want to share with our listeners also um, what I told you when we first spoke because I found your story of um, being stirred by the, you know, the cedar. Um, to be so profound. And I'll tell you what I shared with you then, because I think our our listeners would appreciate it as well. Um, There is a beautiful book. I recommend everybody read it. It's called Listening to God by Rabbi Shlomo Riskin. In the book, Rabbi Riskin meets a Russian man whose family has been away from Jewish observance for many generations. Um, And this man randomly reads some Torah verses in a public library in the middle of, of Russia. And somewhere deep inside, he feels compelled to start a journey back to Judaism. And Rabbi Ruskin tells him that what he experienced is actually prophesied in the Torah. Um, In the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, the book of Devarim, um, as Moses is explaining to the Israelites what their future will look like, including destruction and exile, he makes them a promise. He says, when it will be difficult for you, the words of Torah will find you and you will return to God because God is a God of love and compassion, and he will not forget the covenant he made with you and your forefathers, or made with your forefathers. So um, that just seemed really uh, apropos for uh, words of Torah to uh, to draw you back. Um, you know, the interesting thing that I think about a lot is so many people, I know for both of you, it seems like you have, again, this sort of remnant of Jewish traditions in your family, but, um, you, you know, you did convert to Neat, Cassandra, you'll have to convert to make it official um, because you can't prove halakhically, you know, at this point. So many Jews that are born Jewish um, couldn't care less. <laughs> they, they were wondering, um, we got a question one time, why is there no exit strategy from being Jewish? There's <laughs> to convert in, leave it to the Jews to say that, why is there no way out? Um, so I'd like to put that one back on you, Cassandra, why is it Why does it mean so much to you? You're not even sure, you know, you have these, again, sort of remnants from history, this pull that you can't explain. Why do you value it so much? Why (laughs) do so many of our people that are actually born and know that they're Jewish, why do they take it so lightly and even sometimes see it as a burden and a thing they wish they could throw away? It's,
1: I'm not sure. I've even asked myself, do I really, really want this? Do I really want to go back to what my ancestors were practicing? Am I ready for the sacrifices that I need to make in order for this process to be completed? And some days, I don't know. And most days, I'm like, you know, this is important. This is for for who I am and what I am and to raise my children to know who they are. So I think that there's no exit strategy because we're not supposed to leave. Mm
0: -hmm. I I hear you. I very much hear you. Danit, how about you? Do you have any thoughts about why so many people that have their status 100% clear are so um, quick to run away throw it out. To I, do. Like I have
2: it. so many thoughts on this. Um, it's something that I, uh, turn over or have turned over a ton in this process. And I'm sure Cassandra does too. Cause it's, it's, you know, it, uh, it's like, you're trying to map out why you're doing this while you're so drawn to it at the same time. And like, people are asking questions all the time. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? What does it mean? Like, you know, it's like it, it, uh, I think for one, for for us wanting to opt into it, it it means something very deep. And coming from, um, I think I told you, I was like, I really get it. What Abraham and Sarah were doing out there in the middle of the desert, setting up a tent, and you know, uh, uh, being a, a source of like uh, water for any passersby, you know, Jewish or not, they were there to you know show the utmost uh, hospitality, right, uh, and kindness, and. Um, it, it means something to do that. Mm -hmm. It means something to be able to do that in a desert. Um, and I, I, I think coming from where Cassandra and I have come from in our lives, um, being born outside of those tents, it is, it's not an easy place out here or, you know, out there it's, it's, it's not. And, um, I found over time, you know, it's in in Judaism, isn't a thing that. it's not a um a passive um religion or if you want to call it a religion it's not a passive relationship with your reality with god um, or anything right it, it, you are opted you're when you're opted in you're opted in you're constantly like you know taking a hammer to things and figuring things out and you're encouraged to ask questions in the entire system's logic so um you know, my answer to the people that are asking, why is there no opting out? um, I think it's because it means, it means something serious and it's something meaningful. And it means something when like God says, you know, uh, like you, the the words of inheritance are the, you know, that, you know, you are the chosen people. And like it, it's, uh, you know, it's, he makes a covenant with you that has meaning. And you can't opt out of that covenant per se, because he made it with your, with with Avraham, and he meant it then, and he means it now. And whenever you are ready, you know, um, I guess, wherever you're holding, um, you can, you know, take God up on that covenant, like whenever. And, you know, um, that is, it, it, it If that wasn't true, like it wouldn't be meaning, it would be meaning it'd render the whole system meaningless. So that's my answer is there's no opt out um, because God meant it when he said it.
0: So right now, um, as we're recording this, there are like hundreds of rockets being lobbed at Israel right now. And I'm thinking also for a convert and a person on the road to conversion You joined and are seriously considering joining um, Hated People, (laughs) where I just wrote earlier today because I was feeling this very um, strongly, you know, a year and a half ago, we were thinking about the almost weekly attacks on Hasidic and, you know, Haredi Jews in the New York area, hearing another report of someone with a brick in their face or, you know, getting their hat knocked off or... Even people um, harassing mothers with childrens and strollers, um, and now that's quiet, Bleinaara, <laughs> and now we turn to the east, and I have family there, and they're you know posting videos of just the sky exploding, just hundreds of rockets flying in, meant for their destruction, meant to kill them and their children, and thank God we have Iron Dome and God protecting us. Why would you join <laughs> I hated people? Meaning like I I was born this way. And people have said to me that we're observant, why would you, why would you take on all of these laws? And I know I, I said, because I want to live a meaningful life, but did it occur to you to stay a ben, you know, Noah and you know have a relationship to with God like that? Like, is there does this this is something that the would-be convert considers? Like I'm about to enter into a people that is hated and has always been hated throughout the world. Cassandra Dunit, who wants to uh, <laughs> who wants to pick that one up?
1: Um so I had considered um staying in um no hide, but i had been encouraged to do so. But it's just this pool inside of me that was not satisfied. Like it's like a part of me was missing. And I found it. And I'm just trying to find a way for this part of me to be where it belongs within me. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, especially with no support from my family. But I know that it's the right thing. And even though it's joining a hated people, it's not really. Um, My four-year-old plays t-ball and my 13-year-old plays baseball. And we live in a very heavy Muslim area. And my four-year-old will be out running around at the baseball field with the Muslim kids, like their best friends. And... There's no, there's no hate. There's no animosity. It's just kids being kids, and I, I think we're very lucky to live in an area like that, mm-hmm. where, you know, he can go out wearing
0: a kippa and nobody cares. Hmm. Amazing. Denise, do you have any misgivings about joining?
2: Um. <laughs> i i liken the whole process and um i was too also encouraged like you know they told us or they told me you know listen it's it's very important that we have you know B'nai Noach. um it's totally it's you can be live a meaningful life um and not be jewish it's very it's very serious once you get to the mikbah, you know it was, it was stressed about how serious it is like you know if you're gonna do this you know, you take on from going from the seven Noahide laws to 613, and that it's, it's serious. And so, um, you know, I was educated on how serious that was. Um, And I, I like, I've grown, at first, I didn't understand why that was necessary in in the in the Jewish system but it is necessary because it is very serious like I said it, it is it's mean it means something when you say things and do something and you take on um uh more responsibility um what was I gonna say oh um that um it's it's um once though it weeds out people that I guess are not serious or that might be doing it for different reasons. But for, I think the people that are serious, they, it's like a, I liken it to a key turning over an engine. Like the engine has been turned and now it feels like nothing will satisfy it or it, in that, in that process, nothing was going to, it, it just didn't make sense not to. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted the responsibility. I wanted um the the closeness with Hashem um it it just felt like there it, it was just almost I guess I want to say automatic it was very difficult the whole process you know took me five years so it was but it, it just like there was something like uh I guess like you know like a flame right it, it was just it was kind of uh bringing me there hmm. so.
0: so a challenge to sort of um make the journey, but sort of a journey that you couldn't turn down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I went that first year when they told me, uh, you know, my, I started t- attending a, an Orthodox school and then they sat me, I started attending the classes and they sat me down and they, you know, they had the frank conversation with me you know, listen, you know, you're, you've been doing this for so long, but, you know, you need to be able to move to the community in order to observe everything for at least, you know, the whole, a whole calendar for a whole year, at least, and to see where you're holding after that, um, you know, you need to, you need to be closer. And I, I couldn't do that for four years. It took me four years. And um, at first I was, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. And, and and then you kind of take a step back and they're like, "Oh, th- that that seems right, right? That's meaningful. Oh, that that does make sense. You should have to do this. You should really, you know, be uh, like living up to this or you know, you want to you want to make sure um you do understand what you're getting into for a long period of time. A uh, period of time um before you do it. And I guess it just keeps you, there's something You know, it just kept me going. It's like I'll get there. I will get there. Is where I'm holding, and so I held there for four years before I could move to a community. Amazing. Um, And I just would drive to shul every week. And um,
0: we're just about out of time. Um, But quick wrap-up thought for anybody listening that may want to convert: What do they do first?
2: Um, go to your local shul, your local Orthodox shul. Mine was a Young Israel. Mine was Young Israel Hollywood. Um, and just, or, you know, even find your local Chabad house. They are a great resource. They don't, you know, oversee conversions, but they will be able to, um, you know, they offer great, you know, education and a warm, fuzzy feeling as well in the process. Um, but your local Orthodox shul, start asking questions, show up, and, you know, you know, opt in from the very beginning and just ask away.
0: Amazing. Well, we wish both of you much Hatzlacha um, and um, it's really tremendous to see, again, at a time now where really Israel is under attack, the Jewish people are under attack. Um, yeah. it's so meaningful to know that we are a community that people wanna join as opposed to a community that people want to despise. So um, thank you for wanting to be part of our nation. Um, thank you so much for, for uh, having us. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and thanks for for following and sharing your story. Um, and we wish you much, Hatzlacha. Okay. Thank you so and much. And you can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.